This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted 2020 roundup, and it's been a really strange and a not very nice year, it's, it's got to be said. But we thought we'd get the besotted crew together in the new year to give you their highs and their lows of the years, their plus moments, their, their, their best goals, the, the things that made them smile, but also the things that made them quite sad. We just thought, tell you what, let's just let's cut everything out. And let's just think about 2020. It wasn't a great year, but there were also some positives of that year. My name's Billy Grant, and I'm here with Dave Lane and the whole Besotted crew. And we're going to give you our moments of 2020. So first of all, Laney, how are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Happy New Year to everyone. Um, yeah, it's as you said, it's been an absolutely strange, stranger than strange year. Um, and I think it's really good that we're doing this. You know, it's, uh, there's, there's still lots to remember that's positive still, um, especially with Brentford Football Club involved. Um, and yeah, it's going to be good to listen to everyone's kind of like contributions and everyone's memories of the year. And I think it's probably one that we'll listen back to in five or ten years' time and just to kind of remember how surreal that 2020 has been. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to listening to this one. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, and there was definitely some surreal moments there. But as well, just thinking back on it, though, the best Brentford moment of 2020, because I'm sure for different people, they've got different moments. You know, sometimes you're in the stadium, sometimes you're outside the stadium, sometimes you might be in the pub or you might have been home with their families. Laney, what was your best Brentford moment of 2020? I mean, I'm going to be slightly broader than, like, going down into a, like... A, a, a one I think I think it was the run you know that, that the unbeaten run coming back looking forward to the return after that devastating you know the, you know the, the covid got so, to such a degree that they had to postpone the season and the Fulham game that we all set off uh, on the, on our way to was, was pulled and then we didn't really know how the season was going to get fulfilled and then when it, it did come back just that that amazing run of results that that propelled us into the automatic 
promotion place um, and you know that set the season up for such a nail bite nail bite and finale so yeah that that, that run really it, it demonstrated all that was good really about the club that we support at the moment you know the attacking football the players that we'd recruited the, the you know the attitude and the playing style and the, the talent you know the goals from Ben Rama and Watkins and you know it, it was just a joy to be around friends again um, we watched it in the garden you watched it in the globe when you were allowed back and it was just being surrounded by people urging the team to do well and then doing it week in week out so I think for me uh, it was yeah, just the, the vibe that surrounded that run and, and for me, I mean, I mean, that was the vibe was definitely the one there as well. You know, for me, I mean, I've picked some moments and I think it's actually really difficult because for me, I was trying to choose moments when you're actually in the stadium because for me, that is the most important thing, you know, watching a game and being in the stadium and enjoying it where you might, you, know, you might see a goal, even though you might lose 3-1, but that goal moment is, is just the best. But I think it was really hard because we only had, really had two months in the stadium before the, before it was closed down. And uh, those two months, we weren't the best that season either. I mean, there was a QPR game, which was really, I mean, we were really good for the QPR game. And that was a really great moment. But with QPR, it almost seems like we always beat QPR. Like, you know what I'm saying? So when we did that, we thought we we're going to go on to bigger and better things. But we didn't quite beat Leeds. We lost to Forest. You know, the away game of uh, that two months is probably the away game to, um, to, to Cardiff. And that was a bit disappointing. So I'm going to have to sort of come back to when we were watching it in the lockdown period. And it has to be either beating Fulham, which I thought was great, that first match after lockdown. And when we beat Fulham then, that was just such a great feeling. I was in the garden there with Darren, you know, my daughter Bella, you know, Louis and all that lot, you know. And, uh, and Big Bob as well. And it was just such a really weird and new experience, but it was also fantastic. But for me, I said it was the Fulham one, but it was great, but it was Swansea. In the Globe at Swansea, I mean, that was on another level, you know. You know, Sam Saunders was in there afterwards singing songs, you know, Marcus Bean was in there. You know, there's all sorts of characters that are in there, you know, standing on the tables, singing it. And it really felt like being in Griffin Park except for you couldn't it was that that for me was a really really fantastic moment of 2020 and it wasn't the same as being at Griffin Park and obviously we went and walked down to Griffin Park afterwards and all the fans were there and we saw the lights go off and saw the players come out we just sang and just stood there so that that was a great moment for me for 2020 but listen let's go over to some of the beside crew let's hear what the Allard and also Ali Malali have to say about their moments of 2020. Hi, my name is Matt the Allard Allard, as I'm known on the Bizotto podcast, and here are my best of 2020. As we head out of the shit show that was 2020, I'm feeling more positive about 2021. I think it's going to be a good one, or at least it's going to be a better one. My best Brentford moment of 2020 turned out to be beating Sheffield Wednesday at home in our last game at Griffin Park. Didn't feel much more than a regulation beating of a sick championship club at the time, but ultimately that's the game we're going to remember with most affection. My worst Brentford moment of 2020 is linked to that. It was the realisation in the end that we were never going to go back to Griffin Park to watch another game of football. We never really got the chance to say goodbye properly. My best Brentford goal of 2020 was Marcondes, the second goal against Fulham. All a bit futile ultimately, but at the time it seemed like we were back in the promotion race and we celebrated like we hadn't been to a game for four months, which I guess we hadn't. My Brentford player of 2020, and he was up against some stiff competition, was Christian Norgard. 
We've been looking for a defensive holding midfielder for about three or four years, and finally we've found one. Must try harder. Well, that move from Sergi Canos to Godos within the last few weeks. I think we just need to give him a bit of time, like we have done with all of the other players that have transitioned into the championship. Just remember that we don't often get it wrong. My championship player of 2020 was Luke Halen for two reasons. Firstly, he's versatile and can play in many positions. And secondly, I've not seen a player work harder than he did last year. I guess my favourite non-Brentford moment of 2020 was the licensing of the vaccines. I don't really see how else we get back to normality. Obviously, it affects more than football, but for a lot of us, football is part of our normal. My hopes for 2021 are simple. Firstly, that we get back, as I said, to some sort of normality in 2021. And secondly, on the football front, that we get promotion. Simple as that. Have a good year, everyone. And hopefully, I'll see you down the pub soon. My name's Ali Malai, and uh, I am really glad in so many ways to see the back of 2020. What a horrible year it's been for so many of us. But, you know, there were some great bees moments in there, that 5-0 thrashing the last game with fans uh, of Sheffield Wednesday, the great run that almost got us promoted. But so looking forward to being able to, after what's going to be a rocky start, I think, to a much better year next year and hopefully getting back to, to live football, match days, anytime soon my best moment of 2020 thought about this quite hard but it has to be has to be walking into Lyle Road for the first time it is such a fantastic stadium if you've not been yet you're in for a treat and to actually go back and be part of the match day experience to actually be at live football after so long was just it was a beautiful moment topped by a beautiful goal by Canos it's my absolute highlight of 2020, I think, and my heart could just have burst. Worst moment by comparison was not being able to say goodbye to Griffin Park. You know, we, we all knew it was going to be hard to leave, but we were thinking we were going to have that opportunity to say goodbye properly, to, to celebrate and cry and with, with our friends, with those we stood with and sat with over the years and to have that taken away from us was really really hard that last game at griffin park whilst celebrating a great win was really hard to know that we weren't going to watch another game there best goal oh there's a few aren't there you could look at ben rama's uh, against derby i think where he curled it in and um, from about 20 yards out um mark condas's uh second i think the second goal against sheffield wednesday that was a real banger but for me a goal that completely encapsulated what Brentford were about in 2020 uh, was Watkins' goal in the second leg of the playoff semi-final against Swansea. Uh, just fantastic distribution by Raya and then that beautiful ball by, I think it was Jensen, if memory serves, straight through to, to Watkins, who, who just you just knew he was going to score. It was a beautiful goal and it was the moment when I think we, we knew that we were going to be in that playoff final. Championship Player of the Year, well, if you're talking overall um, and including Brentford, you can't look further than Ben Rama for me. I think he is that the sort of player who on form can just completely change a game and has that little sprinkle of magic that um, that you can't, that many other players can't provide. He was just sensational in so many games last season. But if you're looking beyond Brentford, I think you've got to go for, I would go for Calvin Phillips at Leeds and the, the way that he just 
worked so hard as a defensive midfielder and gave that team that drive forward to to get them to the championship title and thoroughly thoroughly deserved to be in and around the England squad. My favourite number is Bowman. There's there's absolutely no question what this is. When homeschooling finished, thank God, when homeschooling finished and the kids went back to school, it was oh absolutely brilliant. And we're back there again. But never mind, we won't talk about that. <laughs> Hopes for 2021. Oh, I can't wait to get back to going to, to games. Games at Lionel Road and hopefully further down the line, away days. We miss our away days. And I'm really, really looking forward to seeing Brentford finally get promoted to the Premier League because I honestly believe from what we've seen so far this season that this is going to be our year. UBs. There you go, the Allard and Ali Malali as well there. And interesting because Ali talked about homeschooling and we're almost back to homeschooling again. And she was so right. There was a period where, like I said, I worked for myself and my house was my home, you know, my office. And all of a sudden, bang, the office was full of all sorts of characters that shouldn't be there. The wife, the daughter, the son, everybody was in there. And it was a little bit of a nightmare. I had to readjust myself. And I'm sure for a lot of people, they had to. Ali talked about that homeschooling period as well. I mean, what, what picked up for, for, for the Allard for you, Laney? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, the vaccine. I think, I think that's the, it's the, it's the thing that's going to save humanity almost. Or it's going to save capitalism or it's going to save the Western world. I don't know what. It's going to get, it's going to get life back to normal um, or as near normal as it's ever going to be again. So that's the one thing that everyone's pinning their hopes on. Um, and bringing it back down to a football level, it's the one thing that will get people back in crowds back in stadiums so that's from a slightly selfish point of view that's one thing that we are obviously desperate for um, being all together in New Griffin Park so yeah you know I can't wait to have that <laughs> it looks like a quite a brutal stab in the arm to be honest with you from <laughs> from what I've seen because there any way they can just do it a little bit more gently you know they don't they don't stab you in the arm like a punch in the arm when you go to the dentist can they not just do it the same way why has it just got to be like the <laughs> it looks really, it looks really painful. I'm scared. That's right. Okay, but listen, but don't be scared because we've got lots of very positive things to look forward to. But just looking back on 2020, there were some great moments, but also there's some terrible moments as well. Um, my worst moment of 2020, it's got to be said, just thinking back to it, was when the Fulham game was called off. It was one of those ones where you could feel it was coming, coronavirus was coming, it was coming, and you felt that something was going to happen. But it got to that Friday, and for me, you know, that Fulham game was just the one. We managed to get tickets. There was only less than 2,000 tickets. We managed to get tickets for all ourselves. Our mates had got tickets. My daughter, who'd never been to Fulham, she was so excited about going to Fulham. So we were all ready. I'd actually gone up to a school to pick her up from school, take her back home, put on her Brentford shirt, come down, meet you lot down in the pub. I was so getting ready for that. I spoke to Caroline Barker. I was going to be meeting her in the park before the game, you know, to chat about stuff. You know, I was going to be talking to some bits and pieces on the TV and stuff like that as well, just to just talk about how much that Fulham game meant to us. And I was so excited about it. And then it got called off. And I have to admit, I was gutted because I just thought it could have been 24 hours later. We could have got that game. I really felt we could have won as well. 24 hours later, it got called off. You know, and, you know, things would have, you know, been the same pretty much. But we missed out on that last trip to the cottage. And that was gutted. And which one for you, Lady? Yeah, I have to say the same. I mean, I mentioned it, you know, a while ago. But it, it, it was, it, it was 
the relief of like when we did come back and the first it was the first game that kept the fixtures in the same order as obviously and and we went back and we won um, and I and I think we I think we benefited because of that that break you know we we you know I think Karen Carney got absolutely hammered by Leeds this week for saying for hinting that Leeds may have benefited from a, a few weeks off or a couple of months off and I think Brentford did too you know we, we came back having rested focused we knew what was required um, and then like Sergi Canos was was kind of a few months in more down the line to you know his, his recovery um, and I think we were able to do that you know eight game winning streak because we we've been rested. I don't think we probably would have gone through the rest of the season in in you know, having the same sequence if it hadn't have been the break. But you're right, bringing it back, it was just it felt like the whole of the, the well, it was we were entering silly season. You know, we were it was like the stuff of nightmares, you know. Um we, you know, I remember watching the you know the news conference every night, you know, it was just kind of like I was we all became fixated by how this, how this, you know, COVID was spreading, the deaths, the, you know, the the amount of people that were suffering and the jobs that were going, it was just like brutal. So, you know, this is why we need the vaccine. Obviously, this is why we need to get back to normal. That's right. So, listen, we're going to hear from Will Allsop, the spreadsheet winker, and also Damo. They're going to be giving us their thoughts on 2020. Hi, it's Will, the spreadsheet winker here. It's been an incredible year for the bees. And from a statistical point of view, we have the best XG differential of any team in either the Championship or the Premier League. We have a defence who have conceded 3.3 XG less than the next best, and the third best attack in the division, with 33.7 XG scored. My best Bees moment of 2020 was my final game at Griffin Park, seeing a thrilling 2-2 draw against Blackburn Rovers with my Rovers supporting girlfriend. It was so lovely to see Griffin Park one last time, and especially nice to share it with my girlfriend and her dad on his first visit to the ground. And my worst moment of 2020 was the first half an hour against Stoke, the last time we lost a game to this date, where the 3-4-3 formation just didn't work, chipping three goals and looking stodgier than we have since Uwe Rosler took charge in 2011. The goal of the year has to go to Brian and Burmo, after a torrid run of games recently where he didn't have any goal involvements, when against Reading he cut inside onto that magical left foot of his and caressed the ball into the net. The team's celebrations around him were a testament to how important they think he is to the side, even when he's not in the goals or assists and it proved that he doesn't need Saeed or Oli to be a top-class player. My B's player of the year was a tie between David Rea and Christian Norgard for the same reason. Their progressive attacking passing is the key which helped us break the lines of so many defensive last season and this one. For a player who needs to improve, it's a tough choice, but Dom Thompson hasn't convinced at left-back for me so far. This is almost certainly because he's compared to the best left-back in the league with Rico Henry, and I think that with more game time, his confidence will improve. My championship player of the year goes to Bayo Akinfenwa, simply because he's one of the nicest blokes in football and it's brilliant to see him grace the pitch and terrify opposition defenders at this level. And for a non-Brentford moment of the year, spending lockdown living properly with my girlfriend in two terrible student houses was brilliant fun. And my hopes for 2021 are threefold. Get into New Griffin Park, go to gigs again and hopefully get an internship so that four years doing incredibly difficult physics seems worth it. All the best for 2021, UBs! Hi, my name's Damien Flinley, a.k.a. The Flar. So I think 2020 overall was a really positive year for Brentford. I think we continue to go from strength to strength, despite one or two key changes in personnel and the obvious disappointment of the playoff final defeat at 
at Wembley back in August. I think the fact we're sat near the top of the championship as we go into 2021 is testament to just how far we've come and how strong we are as a club at this point. So I'm really excited for 2021. I think there's a lot to look forward to. My best Brentford moment of 2020, I'm going to say the, the, the new stadium, the Brentford Community Stadium. I was lucky enough to have uh, attended the Blackburn game a few weeks ago. And to be honest, I, w- I was blown away. I really was. I mean, the, the facilities in there are great. The views are fantastic. The acoustics are really impressive. And I can't wait until we're all in there for a capacity crowd game because it's going to be absolutely rocking. And I really hope that that day comes soon. My worst Brentford moment of 2020 has to be the fans not being there for the final game at Griffin Park. I mean, what a tragedy that was. Really hard to watch on TV. And and to be honest, I'd go as far as to say that if we as fans had been there for that final league game against Barnsley, we'd have given the players enough of a lift to help get them over the line and secure that promotion. I really do believe that. But look, let's not dwell on that now. We've just got to look forward. My best Brentford goal of 2020, I'm going to go for the Ollie Watkins wonder strike against Blackburn back in February. What a goal that was. I was stood on the Ealing Road Terrace behind that goal. And I mean, Ollie's first touch and then the finish, absolutely world-class for me. Possibly the best goal I've ever seen live. It really was a joy to see that fly in and, and one I've enjoyed watching back on TV many times over. My best Brentford player of 2020, well, the forwards always get all the all the headlines but I'm going to go for Rico Henry I think Rico has been absolutely phenomenal throughout 2020 such a class act in defence and not he's not just a good defender he is a real threat going forward as well explosive pace down that flank and whips in some really dangerous crosses he he is by far the left best left back in the championship for me and I really really hope we can hold on to him throughout 2021 because he is a key player for us he really is my must-do-better Brentford player of 2020, I'm going to go for Joel Valencia. I think Joel arrived with, we had high hopes and expectations of him, and he hasn't quite delivered. We've seen flashes of what he can do, uh, but I think there's a lot more to come from him. And he's gone out on loan in, in Poland, and, and, and hopefully he's doing the business over there and he comes back stronger and, and ready to make a, an impact when he returns. So hopefully 2021 uh, is going to be a big year for Joel. My championship player of 2020, I'm going to go for Calvin Phillips of Leeds. I think he was absolutely instrumental in their uh, their title-winning season. Uh, he, you know, he, he's he's such a good player, such a uh, such a presence in midfield for them, and deservedly got his England call-up over the summer as well. So Calvin Phillips for me gets that award. Uh, my favourite non-Brentford moment of 2020. I'm going to go for the slightly comical uh, uh, moment at the, uh, on the very last day of the season. So whilst we were watching the uh, the disappointment unfold against Barnsley, Nottingham Forest seemingly had a nailed-on playoff position that they couldn't possibly lose, except they, they somehow did. They, they capitulated and lost 4-1 in that final game of the season to allow Swansea to sneak into that last playoff spot. And I mean, I mean, we thought we had it bad against Barnsley, but I mean, Forest fans must have been absolutely sick seeing that. So, uh, so that, that that I found quite entertaining um, as that drama unfolded on that final day of the season. Um, so, my hopes overall for 2021. Well, I think like all Bees fans, promotion to the Premier League is the dream. Um, we got so close in 2020, and hopefully that experience will will serve us well when we can go one better. 
we're in a great position as we start the year and, 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 and that's absolutely credit to Matthew Benham for everything he's done for the club. The building blocks are all in place now. So hopefully 2021 is the year that the Bees reach the Premier League. Come on, you Bees. So there you go, Will, the spreadsheet winker and Damo, their views on 2020. And interesting one there from Will as well. He picked one guy from the championship. Well, he's in the championship now. He wasn't. He was in Division 1 before, who he says is the player of the season, which is a little bit kind of pushing it a little bit, but fair enough, because he spent most of his time in Division 1. But fair enough is Akin Fenwar um, from Wickham, who is the loveliest bloke. Really, really lovely bloke. I've met him. He's such a top guy. His enthusiasm, his professionalism, his gameplay, and just everything about that just makes you want him to be part of your side. And like I said to you, you know, when he won the, the playoff final and his little piece that he did to camera for Sky, you know, on the, on, on the, on the, on the, on the stadium... In Wembley Stadium was just just absolutely brilliant and like I said to remind you of old school Brentford when we were at a stage where no one thought we could get anything or win anything and we won something and we had that kind of spirit not saying we haven't got it now but it's slightly different with Brentford now but I love Akin Fenwa and yes Will the Wicker you got totally spot on Laney what did Damo say that you thought was quite you know just you know got your fancy there yeah you mentioned about Forest losing their last game um, and, and, and you know, it's stopping them getting into the playoffs, and it just it shows you. You know, for me, I, I kind of agree with him that you know it's nice to see that negative kind of anti-football failing. You know, we, we've we've seen clubs kind of succeed doing it. You know, Middlesbrough, they went up playing that way. Um, West Brom, to a certain extent, um, I think you know they were obviously you know kind of more. Yeah, they, they they weren't free flowing as as, as 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 kind of the likes of us, and you, obviously you want to see our kind of football doing well, and this is why you know obviously Leeds have got their their haters, but you know they 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 played some incredible football last year, and I mean you know Calvin Phillips for me was the player of the you know of the you know the championship because you saw the effect that he had on the game when they he came back for the for the match at Griffin Park, he was incredible. You know we got draw out of the match, but. But, uh, you know, it was it, it was kind of like it showed you how uh, critical he was to the way they play. Um, and Forrest, you remember when they came down, we were kind of really, really scared about Forrest coming down um, because we just knew that, you know, if we didn't play to our potential, they were going to do a job on us. And they did do a job on us. And, you know, that was probably that's one of the lowlights of my year was, the, was that Forrest game. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, to see how Forest have kind of imploded this season is kind of uh, it just shows you when when that style of football works it it can get you to the brink but it's better to be playing creative expansive football um, and scaring teams every week rather than boring your fans to death really you know let's 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 move on in 2021 let's have everyone playing football that's right well, we certainly weren't boring fans to death when we were scoring our goals last season and the best Brentford goal on 2020 I mean we scored so many good goals last season can you remember what your favourite one is or can you, can you choose one out well there's two I mean ben, two Ben Rama goals one from this season one from last season but both in 2020 was you know the QPR goal um, where he nutmegged uh, the QPR defender and then you know smashed it home and then the goal at Derby which was just again another thing of beauty um, and technically 
one of the most incredible goals was the Swansea game back at Griffin Park. Raya to, to, to Jensen through to Watkins and then straight in the back of the net. It was it was just so simple but so clever and just so Brentford. It's interesting, I mean, Ben Rama, he's going to be featuring lots of people, goals, not only Brentford fans, but people from outside of Brentford as well, because he was a brilliant player for us as well. I mean, for me, again, sort of going through all the goals, I was going through so many, it's really, really difficult. And sometimes you sometimes choose goals which have been scored closer, you know, just, just you know, a few maybe a few weeks or months ago, because they're more in your head. And also, for me, like I said to you, I've been trying to choose goals which were scored when I was at the game because you also get that feeling of getting up and cheering and seeing the players celebrate so I mean one of them I've chosen that's really difficult so I've chosen more than one is Kenos when he scored against Blackburn at New Griffin Park as well to be there to be at that end to see him kind of come down then put it in the back of the net and then to see that net bustle like you know you all went completely berserk like you know that was fantastic feeling great goal and especially all the grief that he'd been going through beforehand as well so that was good as well but again you've mentioned it Ben Rama at Derby was really special we were in the pub you know we needed to get a result at Derby it was a little bit tricky to start off at Derby because you know it could have gone either way and Rooney was trying to control the midfield and you know we're thinking you know we're going to get something here but when he scored that goal it was just like on another level so he is a great player you've got to say Ben Rama and that goal was unbelievable but listen we're going to go over to a few more of the besotted crew we've got Gemma the amazing gem and also we've got liberal Nick the liberal west country Nick you know he thinks he's the real liberal but we're not we won't go into that now because this is this is a happy new year we're trying to be having so we've got liberal Nick and Gemma they're going to give you their thoughts on 2020. Hi my name is Gemma Teal My 2020 has been a year filled with yet some amazing football, though my overriding feeling is one of sadness, but definitely with some optimism for next year. My best Brentford moment of 2020 was some point during the playoff final, it was still nil-nil, we were doing really well and I was standing on my sofa literally just bouncing with excitement and nerves and it was just one of those moments in the year I felt really in football, which hasn't been true. My worst Brentford moment was losing to Stoke towards the end of this last season. It was a horrendous time for me personally and for our family. And you know when you really, really need the boys to do something to lift you. But instead, they just folded. I was angry. I was angry after that in a way I'm not often. My best Brentford goal of 2020 was Rico crossing to Brian for the winner against Swansea in the playoff semi fabulous goal important goal and it just felt great seeing those two players in particular put it together especially after the nonsense with Rico in the first leg it was particularly sweet my best Brentford player of 2020 now hear me out is Ivan Tony. I know it seems like he's been here five minutes but it's like half the season uh, half the year and the way he's hit the ground running the amazing number of goals he scored already his work rate his movement he's been brilliant my must-do-better player of 2020 is a tough one, but for me it's probably uh, Jensen. He's not the worst player we have by any measure, but he's one I feel we should expect more of than we get quite a lot of the time. So, yeah, must-do-better. My championship player of 2020 was Sai Rama. OK, not my Brentford player of the year, but I think for the neutrals he was the best to watch by miles. Um, my favourite non-Brentford moment of the year was probably just going out for birthday drinks with my mates in February though god if I'd known what the rest of the year had to offer I'd have stayed a bit later Uh, and my hopes 
for 2021 are just, well, for football, it's to finally get into that bloody stadium and ideally see us promoted in it. But, oh, one thing at a time. Let's do it. Let's make this the year. Hello everyone, Liberal Nick here from Deepest Darkest Devon, except no other Liberal substitutes. Uh, Hope you all had a great Christmas and a good New Year. Uh, We won't miss 2020, will we guys? No, not at all. Uh, Best Brentford moment, uh, taking up my seat uh, in row 8, seat 622 of the North Stand at Larnell Road on December the 5th to watch us play Blackburn. Whatever the result that day, I wouldn't have cared. At least we came away with something because we were watching live football in our new home and it's going to be a fantastic new home when the crowds are allowed back in, which I'm sure won't be too long. Um, Praying, says he, touching wood. Worst Brentford moment was definitely my train journey home on March the 14th. Why March the 14th? Because on March the 13th, we were men who played Fulham at Craven Cottage and it was quite clear once that game was postponed that really there was no chance of any more championship football being played with spectators um, until the close of the season. And that sadly was the case. I have to say, I felt very maudlin on my journey back. But, you know, watching behind the sofa isn't the same thing or even on the sofa isn't the same thing but you know we'll get there best Brentford goal definitely Emiliano's against uh, Swansea in the playoff semi-final they had at home uh, put us 2-0 up 2-1 up on aggregate and I knew when that header went in and it was a really well played header from a player who took a bit of a criticism over the course of the season but um, I do still rate um, but when that goal went in I knew that we'd be going through to the final Um, fantastic well done Emiliano may you grow in 2021 Breast Brentford player of 2020 very difficult to say I think it's got to be a toss up between Saeed and Ollie Watkins uh, if it was a player who's remaining, it would be Rico, of course. But Saeed and Oli were the two players who put us through into the final of the playoffs. Uh, without them, I don't think we'd have got there. Fantastic. Shame sides being wasted at West Ham. Oli, full of congratulations to what he's doing at Aston Villa. He'll become a top, top striker. You never know, might feature for England sooner rather than later. Best Brentford player, uh, best must do better was of course David Rea. I mean positioning in the playoff final was all over the place and he almost got caught out the other night as well so yeah David Rea, I think just a bit of positioning and he really will become the keeper that Arsenal hope they will sign but hopefully won't get a chance to sign championship player I'm going a bit left field for this one I'm going Wayne Rooney not because of what he did on the field for Derby but the way he manoeuvred himself into the manager's role at Derby. Uh, and I think he's going to be quite a success in that job. I don't think he'll get the promotion this season, but I think he'll be relatively successful. And I think he'll go on to do a fairly good job as a manager, uh, probably replacing Gonna Solskjaer at uh, Man United in time, given what Frank Lampard did, leaving Derby to go to Chelsea. Uh, Favourite non-Brentford moment of 2020? <sighs> Not certain I had that many. Certainly had... During the uh, non-lockdown, we were lucky enough down in here in Devon to have some good weather. Um, so in August, was able to sit out um, outside my local pub in the sunshine, enjoying a few beers. Boy, do I miss those. But those were definitely some of my favourite moments. Hopes for 2021, apart from world peace. 
I reckon that uh, is just getting back in front of the, seeing a live game in, in, in the stadium and particularly actually doing away days. Miss really have been missing the away days. We we as the Pesotti grew go up and down the land. We see some great uh, football, but more importantly, we have some good laughs, find some great pubs, and meet up with a lot of good fans, both Brentford and the opposing teams. And ah, sooner that can happen, the better. Anyway, hope you all have a great 2021, and you never know. See you sooner rather than later. Come on, you bees! So there you go, the amazing Jim and Liberal Nick giving you their thoughts. And uh, interesting, Liberal Nick, he's gone, he's gone, he's gone proper mainstream, top level. Like, you know what I'm saying? You think he'd be employed by Sky or one of the, the major newspapers <laughs> there because he, he hasn't, he's gone straight for Rooney. Like, you know what I'm saying? You know, Derby <laughs> County's Wayne Rooney. But to be fair, he has got a little bit of a point there because when Rooney came in, he did change things to a certain extent on pitch. You know, he tried to flip the midfield, you know, and, and sort of control um, to make sure that Derby controlled the midfield, even though, to be fair, they're probably just passing it around the midfield and the defence quite low, so they've got loads of possession. But, you know, not much... Uh penetration as it does but then he moved into becoming the manager it looks like at Derby now and there's been a massive change speaking to my Derby chums as to what's been happening at Derby over the past three or four weeks with Rooney in there so maybe he might make a bit of an impact for you what are you looking at Laney? Yeah I mean Rooney is he's certainly he's certainly a name um whether he was a player he's he's obviously a personality I mean I, I watched the I watched the Derby game last night um and they should have been out of sight early on. So he's, he's got them playing football again. And um, you're probably right. He probably will be the next permanent manager. Um, and, you know, we'll see where that leads him from, from then on. Yeah, because it's from Gemma. She talked about, the, you know, a must-do better was Matthias Jensen, wasn't it? Yeah, Matthias Jensen. So, yeah, I, 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 she's got a point, you know. it's um, He's a player that... the he, he got man of the match against Bournemouth. But I'm thinking, you know, he sometimes really fails to beat the first man at a free kick or a corner um, he often I think passes the ball blind even though he can see there's a player standing right in front of him he sort of plays the ball almost ignoring that there's anyone there um, and to me sometimes he looks like he plays every match on the training pitch he's so relaxed and he's so calm which isn't that's not a criticism in itself it's just the fact that sometimes it, it, it appears to my untrained eye you might say that he is um, just too casual sometimes in his passing but you can't knock the fact that he is just an incredible talent as well he's it, it, kind of like a bit of Jack Orland Hyde he can have an exceptional game or he can have a, a quite an average game um, and you know we did we did see in that game against Preston where he was kind of asked to play a role that he really wasn't happy with where it didn't work out um, I, I, he wasn't certainly wasn't to blame for all four goals or any of the goals necessarily that, that Preston scored after we were two nil up but it shows you that he's quite set in the role he plays he's in a, he's way more advanced than uh, than Yanel and uh, Norgard are playing. Um, I, I'd love to see a regular um, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a kind of and a, and a, and a really prolonged run of Norgard and Jensen in that team, and it, it hopefully will you know come quite soon. You know injuries have really contrived to, to kind of like frustrate the pair of them this season so far. So you know Brentford 
I think can only be stronger with with both of those Danes in in the team. So yeah, I, I think I think Jem has got a point. Um, but you know, there's obviously others that are going to say Sergi Canos. There's going to say others going to say uh, Brian Mbwemo. I think Canos is getting his getting his act together. Um, absolutely, you know. The, that's one of the lowlights for me was the, the criticism he's got from some quarters. Not necessarily the criticism, they're just like the, the, the level, the hatred from some people. We won't go into that now. Um, but um, Brian Boimo again, another one that really was running sub five out of tens for most of the season so far. But he really is getting his mojo together and um, you know he's getting goals and he's getting his assists back. So it's, it's lovely to see the wide areas getting stronger so yeah it's not a bad shout Jim that's right so listen talking about the best Brentford player of 2020 I mean for you Laney who was that Rico um, I'd say you know you, you're going to get obviously a lot of attention goes further up the pitch and I and I think I'll let others talk about them. Now, it's not to say you know that they're not exceptional, but I think Rico has been just head and shoulders above this division, let alone you know um, you know the players that surround him. And David Raya as well. I think he's another one that we kind of rely on loads to be um, you know doing his thing, his distribution, his saves, his reactions, just what he brings to the team in terms of like. The, the wholeness, the holistic presence he, he brings is just, you know, I think without him, and there's no effect, no, it's not a knock at the, you know, the other goalkeepers, but I think he is head and shoulders the best goalkeeper we've had for decades. So, I mean, it's interesting and for me, my best player for Brentford for 2020 was Josh De Silva. I think that guy has just gone from strength to strength. He excites me so much when he kind of comes onto the pitch, when he gets the ball. You know, okay, he has played a lot of games, and you know there was a part, especially last season, where you see that he was kind of just tiring a little bit because you expect his, you know, you expect him to just do the business every single time. But I think he's a really exciting player. I remember chatting to to Rob Rowan, who's our, you know, our, our technical director. Who, like I said, she really unfortunately died. It was just over two years ago now as well. But I used to speak to Rob quite a lot, maybe two or three times a week. And we used to just discuss different things about different players and how the beating players were coming on, you know. And he, you know, he used to help us with besotted by, you know, just just giving us a little vibe on on, on the beating players. And we used to, you know, just just chat about him and 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 and, and let the world know what was happening with the B team. And I remember when he signed Josh De Silva, and he said to me, you know, I've got this guy, and he's probably not one of the most exciting signings that I've made, you know, in the while because. I managed to prize him away from Arsenal and uh, if we can get him fit he's going to be on another level and I remember him saying that he said so we need to spend about three or four months getting him fit so I remember the excitement was there from day one and I think that the fact that Josh has raised that level he's in the under 21s you know people are raving about him now saying that he's going to be playing in the Premier League very soon you know he might be playing for England the full team I think that is a real uh, testament to, 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 to Rob Rowan and Rob Rowan's legacy as well and the fact that, you know, he, he he had this vision, he brought these players through. And Josh De Silva is one of many players which has come out of, you know, what Rob has created for the club with the people around him as well. And I really hope that Josh De Silva does the business. Not, not even this year, but <laughs> even in the cup against Tottenham. But anyway, listen, we're going to hear what KTB and Liberal Tom and also Greville, the waterman, have got to say about 2020. 
My name is Katie B. Graham, and despite a case of 2020-induced fatigue, I'm feeling good, and I'm also feeling hopeful. 2020 was a fairly unpleasant ride, but the bees and the vaccine have made the end of the year much more bearable. Um, So my best Brentford moment of 2020 was a couple of games in, after the restart, when we were playing this brilliant football and looked unbeatable. Obviously, the season didn't end uh, as we wanted it to, but that amazing run from the Fulham game in June to the Preston game in July was just a much-needed tonic at a pretty rubbish time. My worst Brentford moment of 2020 was when we realised we weren't going to get to see another competitive match at Griffin Park. Um, While that last 5-0 thrashing of Sheffield Wednesday was great, um, Griffin Park deserved a proper send-off. My best Brentford goal of 2020 is um, Sergi Canos in the Blackburn game on the 5th of December. His first goal for ages, first game with fans in the new stadium, and he literally wept with joy or possibly relief. Even though we didn't manage to win the game, that goal just felt like it marked a change. My best Brentford player of 2020 is um, Vitaly Janelt, who is admittedly a late entry, but Norgard left pretty big shoes to fill when he got injured. And if Janelt hasn't uh, stepped up in the way he has, we might be in a very different position. Uh, My must-do better Brentford player of 2020 is Emiliano. I like him, I think the potential is there, but he's a bit of a tease and I reckon he's got to stop showing little glimpses and be present um, more consistently. My championship player of 2020 is Rico Henry for us. Um, Best left-back in the league, Mr Consistent and has kept some really talented wingers quiet. My favourite non-Brentford moment of 2020 is probably a bit obvious, um, but it's when the vaccine got announced, um, because while it's going to take a while to get there, I think having a bit of light at the end of the tunnel is just massively important. So finally then, my hopes for 2021 are, firstly, that I can stop doing everything on my laptop, teaching on my laptop, seeing friends on my laptop, watching football on my laptop, watching theatre on my laptop. Um, I'm hoping that at some point in the not-too-distant future, um, I can do these things in person. But mostly, I am hoping that the grit that we can see in this Brentford team, this new strength that we've got, um, is going to see us promoted. You bees. Hi, my name is Tom Fiddler, a.k.a. Liberal Tom. And uh, all I can say is is that thank goodness I had Brentford throughout 2020 to keep me going. A tough year for everyone, but we did have some really good moments to be a Brentford fan. And one of those best moments for me was probably, despite the dire game, watching the Derby game at Lionel Road. Uh, Fantastic to be there at the new stadium. But also, winning against Newcastle recently was fantastic. And and a real throwback to showing how far we've come ever since that game when we played them at my best ever away game against uh, against them at Newcastle. Uh, The worst moment I ever faced, I think, was probably at the final whistle, weirdly, at the end of the 5-0 win against Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, there had been rumours circulating that I might never see Griffin Park again, and unfortunately they came true. But footballing-wise, perhaps the 3-2 defeat to Stoke City, feeling like it might just be another one of those seasons. I won't speak of the Wembley days. My best player of 2020 has got to be Rico Henry. He's a fantastic player, Mr Reliable, and we really do rely on him being in our defence for us to, to, to look good. But not only that, he got a goal in 2020, proving he really is a complete player. A real must-have for any team, and no wonder lots of people are looking at him. My must-do player would have been Jensen, uh, who I think struggled to get into games earlier on in the year, but has proven himself game by game that he really is the player that we'd hope he would be. And I think we really have got a fantastic squad now, not just a starting eleven. 
As a failed goalkeeper, Freddie Woodman would be my my player of the championship from outside of Brentford. A fantastic goalkeeper who Swansea are really lucky to have again this season. Uh, he's got Premier League quality, and we've got that we've been able to enjoy throughout the year. And it's a bit of a relief, really. We didn't have to face him in the net in the playoffs. It was lovely to get away to Munich at the start of last year and the thought of getting away with my girlfriend this year on more adventures in 2021 is what gives me hope for the upcoming year and I finally finished my doctorate. But here's hoping that uh, being a Brentford fan has uh, some more um, magic moments this year and, and I look forward to 2021 with hopefully some big news for Brentford. Hi, my name is Greville Waterman. I'm feeling so proud and delighted that the Bees were one of the best performing teams in the entire football pyramid in 2020. I'm just so frustrated that I haven't been able to see them in the flesh since March, nor visited our magnificent new stadium. Rather than simply mentioning an individual game, my best Brentford moment of 2020 was recognising that I support one of the most attractive and forward-thinking clubs in the country, and that the majority of sane football fans of other clubs now acknowledge just how good we are. I'm still waiting for Martin Samuel to do so though. My worst Brentford moments of 2020 was when I realised that we were simply not fated to win promotion last season and realising that I would also not be able to watch them play live for a long time. My best Brentford, my best Brentford goal of 2020 was the opener against Swansea in the playoff semi-final. Brentford at their best, switching from defence to attack in an instant, slick passing and a perfect Ollie Watkins finish. My best Brentford player was the peerless Christian Norgard, but there were so many other possible choices that it's invidious to single him out. My must-do better Brentford player of 2020 was nobody. Everyone has contributed to the team's success. My best championship player was Emmy Bundea of Norwich, who oozes class. My favourite non-Brentford football moment of 2020 was simply watching all the VAR disasters and inconsistencies and then realising that we could be fellow sufferers next season. My hopes for 2020 are, quite simply, promotion, fans back in stadia and a return to normality. So there you go. We've got the KTB, Liberal Tom and Greville, the water man. And KTB... She's been talking about a player that lots of people have been talking about. He's, he's, he's like a sort of late arrival. Like you know what I'm saying, it's like somebody who's turned up very late for the party. Like you know, the party's just about to finish, and all of a sudden he kind of knocks on the door, like ding dong, you know, can I play? And all of a sudden he's right in the middle of the dance floor, giving it loads, and everyone thought, actually, tell you something, I might stay at this party a little bit later. It's actually quite a good party now that this new boy's turned up, and I think that's Janelt as he turned up to the party as well. She thinks he's the best player of 2020. Um, do you agree with her, there, lady? Well, you can you can you can put a very good case for him. Yeah, I, I, I have to say, you know, as you said, you know, we were we were we were in the lot towards the end of the last transfer window, and we were sort of saying, you know, we definitely need a DM. You know, we we, we are, what hap- what happens if you know we're light in that area, and then you know, Yanel was was drafted in, and we didn't. Of course, we didn't know anything about him. You know what? You know, he's another one plucked from relative obscurity that had obviously been on our radar for a while, and it's been an absolute revelation. Yeah, he's, he, he 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 really has made Norgard pretty much not unmissed. You know, um, so Janel 
if only he'd scored that that chance against Middlesbrough, and I'd say it would have been a perfect t- period for him, you know. Um, and sometimes with these with these foreign lads that come, that come <laughs> over here, um, they they take a year or so to settle in, you know. So it's a big ask for a young young sort of German lad to come over and settle in um, to a different way of playing, different way of living. Um, and a different standard of football, and to 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 show that amount of composure and consistency, I think it's it's, it's spe- really truly special. And I, I I can't remember someone taking that kind of um, central role, the defensive midfield role, by the scruff of the neck quite so uh, quite so well. Um, and to be as young as that, so yeah, Katie, again a good shout. You, you can't when you when you when you go through a team, there's 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 a good case for quite a lot to be player of the season. So uh, we're in a very lucky position. VR as well, and talking about VARs, Greville did as well. I mean, like I said, it goes to one way or the other. I mean. With, Obviously, in the Championship, we don't get VAR, but you know the Premier League. There have been there have been a number of disasters, and you know we're not going to go into a VAR discussion now because this is not what it's about. This is about cheer and about memories and about thinking back. But I think the one thing about VAR is the way it's been applied has been wrong. So it's actually kind of sort of spoiled the game a little bit, or quite a lot actually, because there's been decisions made, maybe decisions that don't necessarily need to have been made because they're micro decision making, you know, and they don't need to go so micro. However. Flipping it on the on the championship side, I mean, there have been some situations where if there was VAR, things might have gone our way this season. I mean, I know the Watford game, there were a couple of situations where that referee was rubbish. And I think there was a penalty or two that maybe we should have had, a couple of free kicks outside the area that we maybe should have had. But on the flip side of it, also, there was a goal that was disallowed for, for Watford, where if there was VAR, that goal would have been given for them. So it does. there are swings and roundabouts, isn't it, Laney? Yeah, I think the way we play football, you know, there's a good chance we're going to be either beneficiaries or victims. It's we we create a lot of goal-scoring opportunities, and we also, because we're coming up against some very quality opposition, we we come up against a lot of you know defensive threats. So you know, I, th- I think there's a fifty-fifty chance. So we we probably even ourselves out by not having it. Um, but as you rightly say, that Watford game was an absolute, absolute sort of microcosm of what could happen. You know, you, you care for what you wish for. But, you know, if we do go up a level, then um, we are going to get VAR. And we are going to get VAR uh, in the final. Um, is it in the semi-finals of the Caribou Cup as well? Um, I'm, I'm not sure. So um, we're, it's, VAR is going to become more and more part of our world as we push up. With the league, so uh, yeah, get used to it. Push up, Brentford. Push up, Brentford. Push up, but, look, push up Brentford. <laughs> but the liberal Tom as well. I just want to make a quick note as well, say congratulations because uh, he's, uh, he's he's not only uh, got himself a new microphone, so he doesn't sound like he's recording in his toilet anymore. But as well, but he's also finished his doctorate as well. So he's gonna he, he's either finished or he's just about to finish his doctorate as well. So uh, that will please the other liberal, the West Country liberal, who's obviously not happy that there's another liberal on his patch, and he's you know giving claims like you know there's only one liberal and all this kind of stuff so maybe he might sort of kind of make a push 
for Liberal Tom to be called Dr Tom instead. So, uh, so, so, yeah, so not only he's upset the Liberal, he's probably upset Dr Kate as well, oh, yeah, who's the other, doc- yeah. the other doctor. Yeah, Katie B so, as well. Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. All right, well, OK, well, we, 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 we'll have to have a little discussion like that, a post-discussion, or maybe when we actually get back to the pub, you know, when we get back to the pub, we get down to the Globe and we all get down there as a besotted crew and we can actually talk about that in person. But anyway, like I said to you, yeah, that was really interesting, but... Um, points of views from these three guys as well you know so um the question i'm going to say though is like must do better as a brentford player i know sometimes you don't want to do a must do better because you don't want to criticize any player as such but i think it's actually quite healthy because i think if a player is a a good player you know you've got to know what your strengths and weaknesses are and you must know where you're going to improve yourself and i think even players must say you know tell you something that season was all right but must do better and i'm just wondering laney you know for me it's quite hard actually for the must do betters because there are quite a few players who because we have now got a massively high barometer for brentford so uh we expect our players to, you know, to be to be doing the business, like you know, a lot of the time. And also, it's very difficult because as we lost some players, the next players that are coming in, we expect them to be getting near to the same standard as them because we've actually we've got a very high standard, especially getting to the playoff final and losing. So we expect that. So you know, we've got Marcondes, who always has been a situation where you know he's been a little bit kind of hot and cold sometimes. Sometimes he's absolutely brilliant that he comes back and then he's not quite on it. We've got Jensen, we talked about that earlier as well. We've got Thompson, who's a difficult job because as you said, Rico Henry, best left back in the championship. And then Thompson has got to come in and actually be the new Rico Henry. So that's quite tough for him as well. And also Fosu, you know, Fosu's coming in and is he trying to be Ben Rahm? Is he trying to be Cano? Who's he trying to be? So this is really difficult. So he have got all these players, but they've, they've also got a lot of really good qualities. But for me, and I'm not being tough on him, but I'm, I'm saying this only because also he's come out of a really bad spell. My busted player for 2020, if you consider that he came into the side and he had to try and perform and he had to actually play right and, and you know, pass and dribble and shoot and do all the right things, it is actually Sergi Canos. And I'm saying this not from a criticism point of view, not from a, in the way that other people have actually been slating him and wishing that his restaurant, you know, burnt down, all that kind of stuff, which is totally out of order. This is not like that. It's just saying that we know that you're a good player and we can see some of the things that you're doing frustrating you and they're not quite right however we feel that you can go up two or three or four levels and that's why we feel that you must do better you can do better and we have seen now towards the back end of 2020 and as we go into 2021 Canos seems to be coming out of that and he is doing better so yes Canos is my must do better how about you Laney can I can I just reframe what you've just said I'm not trying to put words in your mouth but I, I think he needs to continue to do what he's doing now yes and I think you know I think he's I think he's I think he's a player that's kind of had to reinvent himself I don't think any of us as fans can really truly appreciate what he went through in terms of his injury you know he, he, he ruptured his knee ligaments at Nottingham Forest and basically it was a career-threatening injury so not only has he fought his way back in record time to get his strength and his confidence back you know as someone who busted their knee playing football but at, at Mickey Mouse level I realised that how how difficult it is to, to, to start even running again and then he's had to come back to become athlete standard and to, to perform in, a, in, a, in an area, you know, in a position where Ben Rama was being touted as world class um, 
So he, he's he's had a he's had a huge huge weight of responsibility on his shoulders, and then to have your own fans giving you SHIT is outrageous. And you know you have to say that you're no fan if you're if you're not getting behind your players. Yes, yes, obviously criticised, but not under these circumstances. So, Sergi Canos, I would say, well done. Um, you, you're back. Um, you have given our club already several years of incredible service, and and, and it's brilliant to know that this, this year's left in you, and uh, that's brilliant. On a flip side, for me, I'd say Godos. Um, again another one that's come in and um, it's very difficult for him to have fought his personality and his ability into a team that really quite needs quite specific roles so he, he isn't a Ben Rama and we, we don't know quite what he is and I'm not sure the DOF knew what, quite what he is or whether Thomas Frank knows what, quite what he is but what I've seen is the potentials there? We have to find a role for him, and he might be more of a squad player than a, than a starting eleven player every week. But there's something there for sure. And you know, and you said, you know, in the intro to this section, some players that have done nothing particularly wrong, like Deva Soglu, that came in, did an okay job. We've sent him out on loan. He's coming back. You know, he might play a role. Who who knows? But but some. You know, the thing is, we have to keep identifying these players and bringing them into an exciting team. So yeah, I don't want to criticise anyone overly and single anyone out. But just yeah, there's 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 one or two players who will be the first ones to say we need to kind of establish our place in the team. Yes, indeed. So look, we're going to go to Robin Hood and Savvy B as well because they're going to give us their thoughts on 2020. Hi all, Robin Hood here, wishing you all a happy new year and here's hoping that 2021 brings us something fantastic. Uh, Sitting back here, looking back on uh, a very, very strange and unprecedented 12 months, I'm just really looking forward to what hopefully 2021 can bring in terms of something positive, something significant and uh, yeah, I'm just only looking forward really. Uh, My best Brentford moment of 2020 has got to be the side Ben Rama goal against Fulham. Uh, I think it was just a perfect indication and encapsulation of him as a player, uh, the nutmeg, the turn and the shot from distance. It was his sort of parting gift to us. Uh, And in hindsight, I look back on it and think it was just brilliant because it shows not only how good a player he was, but also how well we've kind of moved forward and moved on and adapted without him being part of our team. Uh, The worst moment of 2020 for me, uh, for Brentford, was obviously the uh, Fulham uh, playoff loss. It's just, it was something that we all saw, kind of saw coming, but it was the hope that killed us and it was only fitting that we lost given our fantastic, exemplary, terrible playoff record. My worst moment of, uh, Brentford moment of 2020 would have to be the pandemic. I think not being able to just the last game ever game at Griffin Park not being able to be there whilst it was a glorious win over Swansea and catapulted us to the playoff final not being there was was really was a killer so just yeah I think the worst moment has to be when fans weren't allowed back into the stadium because uh, that's just the love of football that really gets killed there 
Uh, my best Brentford goal of 2020, I think I'd have to go with Said Ben Rama against Derby away. Uh, it was just, it was one of those wonder goals that just was just so beautiful and perfect. Uh, I actually watched it in a tiny little pub on the Isle of Wight as well and um, got the whole pub basically turning into Brentford fans. It was absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, I'd go Ben Rama against Derby. My Brentford player of 2020 uh, isn't even close. It's Rico Henry by leaps and bounds. Uh, he has been so consistent and so good for so long uh, he his performance rarely dips below an eight out of ten uh, he's just an exemplary left back I'd say he's probably our most valuable player because left back quality left backs like him are really really hard to come by and I've got no doubt that he will be a Brentford player uh, an England left back in the future uh, my must-do better Brentford player of the uh, player of the year, Brentford player of 2020. For me, I'd say pr- it's hard to choose because everyone has had such good moments and had such bad moments. Uh, I am going to go controversially with Brian and Buomo. I think he's shown real, real um, talent in the past year and a half that he's been our player. His speed, his pace, his reading of the game. It's, it's absolutely exemplary. Uh, we saw a hint of what he can actually do when he uses his right foot against Bournemouth. And I think just to see him hopefully improve and make his game a bit more all-round and potentially turn into more of a goal threat rather than just a provider, I think I, he, he must do better with that. But I've got, uh, I've got every faith that he's going to be able to do that. Uh, my championship player of 2020 uh, was... It's, it's tough to have to choose someone other than a Brentford player but for me it's got to be Calvin Phillips uh, for Leeds when they were in the championship his uh, when he came to play, when Leeds came to play us and we drew 1-1 his just he commanded the game he absolutely ran it almost like a quarterback he's exe- exceptionally talented and obviously he's gone into the premiership and now he's got a couple of England caps so yeah really really impressed with him uh, my favorite non Brentford moment of 2020 uh, there weren't many uh, unfortunately, outside of football, that um, could that gave me much joy this year. But um, I'd say probably getting myself um, a new job with the company that I've worked for for nearly ten years now um, is just it was a real highlight, and it felt like a sort of it's a bit of a promotion. It was a bit of a uh, it's a move a job move that has longevity, and yeah, it's just really really nice to get that kind of solidarity in a year where so much stuff is so uncertain. Uh, my Hopes for 2021 are first and foremost uh, for a solid Brentford promotion push. I think we're really well placed. I think we're showing really real grit and we're sort of winning games that we would otherwise be drawing and drawing games that we would otherwise be losing. And those points, I think, are going to be so valuable and so crucial, particularly against the bigger teams when we come uh, down to the nitty gritty at the end of the season. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be a great 2021. I'm really looking forward to. Uh, putting the last 12 months behind us and moving on. New stadium, same squad, pretty much uh, the core of it anyway. Great manager, great group of fans, and I'm just really, really looking to what 2021 brings. Uh, All that's left to say really is uh, here's to another year and here's to a, hopefully, we don't, I'm not going to say the P word, we're not going to get there, we're going to get top two. Come on, you bees! Hello everyone, Savvy B here. Uh, Happy New Year. Uh, Looking back over the year, I'm kind of relieved that we never went up, really. Imagine missing all those games against the top teams that we've been looking forward to for so many years. That would be heartbreaking. My best moment of the year was uh, destroying Sheffield Wednesday at Griffin Park. There were some really beautiful goals that day. And, uh, of course, we didn't know at the time it was going to be the last game we'd see at uh, Griffin Park. So uh, just the memory of that game just uh, means so much to me now. 
looking back on it. My worst moment of the year was hearing that the Fulham game was called off because of Covid. We still met for a pre-match drink but it was obvious it would be the last game for a while. My favourite goal of the season was uh, Buemo's against Sheffield Wednesday at Griffin Park. One touch passing from our own box, four passes later Brian curls it into the net. It was a beautiful goal and I still look back on it now and just think how did we do that? We've got some great players at Brentford but for me Rico's been the uh, man of the season. Uh, I said it in March uh, when Sky asked and uh, I got pelters for it on, uh, on Twitter but uh, I think I've improved right over the year. There's lots of excellent players in the Championship and uh, we sold two of them. Uh, but I think uh, Jordan Ayew has been a real handful over the season. He's a real tough customer. My favourite non-footballing moment was uh, sitting on the interview with Martin Allen for the push-up Brentford film. He's an absolutely extraordinary man and just being in his presence was amazing. My hopes for 2021 is that all my friends and family survive it and that we can all meet up again very soon. And of course, bees up, Fulham down. Happy New Year, everyone. So there you go, Robin Hood and Savvy B. And the championship player, I mean, he gave us he gave us a few bits of problems in that semi-final at Swansea, didn't he, Laney? Yeah, he did. Um, I use a, a really, really good player. Um, you know, there, there were some excellent um, players scattered, sprinkled throughout the team, um, out throughout the division, you know, um, Abiri Eze, there was another one that had an incredible season. Unfortunately, it was with QPR, but he was an exceptional talent. He's, he's gone up to um, Crystal Palace and in the top flight, and he's, he's just played, you know, a part, his part in a in a great uh, goal today. So uh, yeah, we're, we're lucky to be kind of Premiership light. I'd say, you know, this is this is the big, you know, the best division in the world that a lot of people call it but some of the some of the talent that's bubbling just below the top flight is uh it's brilliant to be watching well watching on telly at the moment but it's brilliant to be watching week in week out that's right and uh t- talking about you know robin hood's non-beast moment he says getting a new job at his new company as well i know he, he delves in the beer he's in the beer company as well so of course we're, we're very happy with that the robin hood <laughs> as well and uh and again i think this also reflects the fact you know of where we are at the moment now because there are so many people i said to you uncertain times very very difficult times of people trying to make ends meet they don't know what's going to be happening you know week after week month after month year after year you know you know you've got pub companies at the moment now who you know well they're all closed at the moment now because we're all in tier four you know except for one place in England I can't even remember where that is and uh, so it's very difficult because they can't really plan ahead so I think any sort of kind of little joys that anybody can get any time in this in this moment is a is a good thing. So you know, people holding on to their jobs, people kind of like getting extra responsibility. You know, people getting an extra job. You know, whatever it may be, these are all bon- uh, benefits. So I think that's all good. And we're play to you. Robin Hood we'll, we'll be down here for a, a few pints as well you know whenever whenever you're ready to dole them out which is all good but anyway we're talking about Ayu um, who was Sav's uh, championship player of the season and I'm just wondering you know who are championship players of the season but for me I was thinking about this because like I said there's so many good players out there as well you know it's interesting Bruce Samba who was brilliant last season but this season obviously isn't, isn't as good you know you talked about you know so many players you know some people said Mitrovic but you know we had Wally Watkins so you couldn't go there you know you're, it, there's so many players but for me I thought who made an impact 
on me when I was at a game and made an impact and I thought, oh, blimey, I wouldn't mind him in our side. Kelvin Phillips, when Leeds came down in that game, we needed to win and he ran that midfield. And I, at that time, I thought to myself, tell you something, we get that guy on our side and we are going up definitely. I thought he was a brilliant player. For the rest of the season, he was great for Leeds and he's stepped up in the, in the Premier League now as well and he's been playing for England. So I think for that player, you know, championship player for 2020 for me. About you, Laney? Yeah, I'd, I'd said Calvin Phillips a little bit earlier. Um, again, yeah, you, you, you're spot on, you know, just the, the, the influence he had on that team and, you know, fair play to Leeds for, for what they've achieved, you know. Um, and I, 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 the other ones that bright Asai Samuel is, is 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 another you know that's two I've picked from QPR unfortunately but they're they're, they're two players especially Asai Samuel is is one that you know I'm, I'm sure we're looking at he, he he would do a job with Brentford and uh, hopefully maybe we'll we'll go in during January and pluck him from the. Uh, the, the more desperate side of West London yeah a little bit of plucking will go on with the BOS but anyway but listen we're going to hear from a few more besotted posse we're going to hear from Cham we're going to hear from Ian the Westbrook and we're going to hear from John Restall the Condor Man they're going to give us their views on 2020 Happy New Year to everyone hope you're having a good day so far my name is Cham and these are my moments of the year Bespi's moment of the past year was getting into the playoff final. As you know, all know, we kind of struggled in the last couple of games. Then the Swansea away leg, we had a deficit of one one goal, which we had to make up. And we managed to get those three goals and get into the playoff final at Wembley. Unfortunately, that led to the worst moment, which was Fulham. But I think personally for me, the Barnsley home game was... The absolute worst moment because we had the chance there at 1-1 when Josh De Silva equalised to get the winner and Watkins unfortunately mistimed his shot, um, miskicked and the chance went, they scored and yet again a team benefited from our embarrassment and humiliation. My best Brentford goal was the third Saeed Benrahma goal to complete his hat-trick away at Hull where um, the game took place when his father had passed away and he put in a fantastic performance in his memory and gave us a, a real thrashing at a, a tough away location. The player of 2020, in my opinion, was Josh De Silva. He came to us as a young trainee from Arsenal, not having played any professional football, and over the past year has developed into the league's best box-to-box midfielder. can carry the ball, he can waltz past players, and he's got a wicked left foot that can score exquisite goals. So for me, he's the next big player off the block the player who I think can really improve in, in 2020 and, and, and hopefully into 2021 was uh, Matthias Jensen absolute class player but there's moments where he, he goes from Champions League to Conference National League level uh, during a game so if he can improve his consistency and put in performances like Bournemouth he can be a real top class player for us the best player in the championship for me in 2020 away from Brentford was Calvin Phillips at Leeds United absolutely ran the game for our, for them um, in, in the home game against us and, and it's done really really well really acclimatised well to the Premier League and everything they do goes through him brilliant player who I think will be a big player for England in the future and will hopefully feature in the Euros next year my favourite non-Brentford moment of the year was uh, watching Lewis Hamilton equal the great Michael Schumacher's record of seven world F1 championships as well as overtake his win record as well 
uh, a phenomenal monumental achievement in in the history of the sport which i was glad to watch um, every very single race of, of this past season my overriding hopes for 2021 is to first defeat the virus that's really afflicted all our lives over the past year and for us to all be back watching the bees at a new stadium and experiencing the uh, joy of friends and family in that environment and also for us to really get promoted and, and achieve our ambition of Premier League football of which the club is capable of doing on and off the pitch. My name's Ian Westbrook. 2020 was one of the oddest years of all our lives. I'm obviously relieved it's over like everybody else but I think the first half of 2021 may not be too much better. For me lockdown allowed more time with our now adult children at home which was a huge bonus but like everybody else I really missed going to Bees games and especially the farewell to Griffin Park celebrations. My best Bees moment of the year in a stadium was the 4-0 New Year's Day win at Bristol City. Just a superb all-round away performance, great support, enjoyable goals. I shared it with my son who I picked up from a New Year's Eve party on the way. Watching at home, my best Bees moment was the win over Swansea to reach Wembley because of what it meant and also the fact that it meant we'd left Griffin Park with a victory. My worst Bees moment at a game was Luton away. Just an awful Bees performance, poor goals conceded and after the match, a half-hour walk in the snow to my friend's car which at first we couldn't find. My best goal seen in a stadium this, in 2020 was Amelia Arno Marcondes against Sheffield Wednesday. We were sitting right in line with what was a superb strike. My best Bees goal on TV this year was Saeed Benrahma against Fulham in the Carabao Cup. A class goal that only he could score and one that meant you knew we'd sealed victory over the rivals. My best Bees player of 2020 I think was Ollie Watkins. Even though he's not with us anymore, it's been such a pleasure to watch him grow with in his time with us and also to see how easily he slipped into Premier League football. My must-do-better Bees player is Saman Godos. Loads of hype around his signing and he could come good in time, but I've not seen too many signs yet, sadly. My championship player of 2020 was Jeb Wallace of Millwall. Consistently good and controls midfield and annoyingly always scores against us as well. My favourite non-Brentford moments of 2020 was simply the approval of the Covid vaccines, hopefully the beginning of the end of this nightmare time. My hopes 2021 are that my family and close friends get through COVID unscathed, I get to go to Bees matches this season with my family and friends, and that we celebrate a promotion and Carrow Cup winning double for the Bees. Hi, this is John Restall, aka The Condor Man. I'm feeling pretty optimistic right now. I, th- I think the Bees have been solid this season, but not spectacular. We've still got some gears to go through. My best Bees moment of 2020 was without doubt getting into the new stadium. It was amazing to be able to see live football again and it made me realise what we've missed. Before that, the, uh, the stadium had meant nothing to me. Like many people, I've been watching football on my computer um, and kind of falling out of love with it a bit. Getting back into that stadium now makes home games feel like home games to me. So my worst moment of the season was the stadium shutting again. And I feel so sorry for so many of my mates who, who are yet to get to a live match. The best Bees goal of 2020 for me was Ollie Watkins' stunner against Blackburn. Quite a direct goal for a team that likes to play football, but what a finish. Um, Just a joyous moment on the uh, Ealing Road Terrace. My best Bees player of 2020 has been Rico Henry. Absolutely consistently brilliant every single week. Gets up and down the pitch, stops opposition wingers in their tracks and, and really gives us attacking impetus too. He will play in the Premier League, hopefully with us. My must do better is probably a mixture of Emiliano and Matty Jensen. They're both great players. They've got real potential. Um, I think Emiliano does some stuff that doesn't always get noticed. Um, but if they could just be more consistent and really hold that position down, I think we'd be even higher in the league than we are now. 
Um, the best championship player of 2020, I'm going to give two. Um, Andre Ayew has been here all season. He's amazing for Swansea uh, and really leads that team by example up top. Um, dropping back into the division, Emi Buendia at Norwich. What a player. Their version of side Ben Rama. Plays a bit more centrally, but absolutely brilliant player. Great to watch and might well get them promoted. Um, my favourite non-Brentford moment of the year was, was Captain Tom. Um, such an inspirational thing. Uh, this old fellow walking around his garden, how it brought a whole nation together. But just um, in, in a really tough time when um, a lot of people were struggling, kind of quite emblematic of that British spirit. My hope for 2021, well, first of all, beads up, Fulham down. Um, like many people, I got a load of grief when we lost uh, at Wembley in the way we did. Um, I still think we should have gone up. Um, but um, yeah, us going up and then plummeting back down would be just brilliant. Um, and then outside of football, obviously, we've all got a hope for a vaccine uh, that works and hopefully loads of people get vaccinated, stop people dying, allow people to get back to the things that they love and, and whether that's going to a football match or going on holiday or just seeing your mates, um, that's what we've all got a hope for. So there you go, the Cham, the Westbrook and the Condor Man Restall as well. And some interesting little thoughts there from these guys. I mean, I'll tell you something. I've, I, for you, Laney, because I, I know that you're getting old and everything like that. You, were, you like the Restall, were, were, were totally inspired by Captain Tom, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, got T-shirts made, got everything, yeah. Can't wait for the world tour to happen with the old Captain Tom. Um, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was uh, uh, one of the highlights, wasn't it, of, uh, of, of Lockdown V1. Um just to see him every morning on, on BBC Breakfast, just to see how that kind of like that social media presence of a, of a, an old war hero kind of uh, kind of like grew and grew and grew. It, it did make me laugh at times because my my granddad Jack he uh, he would have been a similar age to uh, to Captain Tom had he had he you know had he lived. He just, you know died a few years ago, four years ago. Um, and uh, I just uh, it, it made me laugh I, every time I saw him I thought my, my granddad Jack would have kind of like swore about him not about him as a person but just kind of gone oh he's, 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 he's grabbing the limelight and I think it was certain it was a certain generation he was so untypical and I'm not saying he did grab the limelight because you know it was his it was just an incredible achievement of what he did but uh, it, it, it made me chuckle about my granddad and it just you know reminded me how special that generation and what they did and the serving in the second world war and you know the, the legacy and you know for him to be continuing to to contribute to society it shows you it's an inspiration to us all isn't it you know sometimes you think when you get to 55 or 60 or 70 or however old you are you know like you're getting old and you can't do anything and there's nothing but it shows you no, no matter how old you are as long as you're alive you can make a difference and to see him get knighted and to see him uh, and his family um, get all, all, all of that brilliant positive attention it uh, it was yeah again it just puts a smile on your face and, and I think that's what the country needed right then it's funny and I mean, you, I mean you're laughing about your granddad I mean I'm laughing about um, the fact that um, I'm looking on TV and obviously I've seen um, I've seen the Tom and the next minute I've seen the Asian 
<laughs> Tom as well. Yeah, I saw him as well. Captain yeah, Tom. Incredible bloke. Incredible bloke. But the hilarious thing about it, I don't know if you remember, because when I used to live in Stoke Newington, and I used to run all my parties at a place called Yum Yum's. Um, which was like the, the Thai restaurant, and they used to sort of, like that, you know, say hi out the bottom. But for me, I was very, very good friends with the owner there, Atik, still am. A like, really good bloke as well. He used to go out and come to our parties at the house, and, and all around Stoke, he used to run around lo- loads of parties. And he gave us the basement of his place to run a load of parties. And I, mean, I remember he had a party for the opening of, of the new Yum Yums, and literally. <laughs> He got every sort of kind of C and D lister and E lister around. And for Stoke Newington, this was like the biggest thing ever. And I sort of turned up and there was all sorts of characters in his restaurant. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was actually brilliant. Um, it was brilliant. I mean, it was just, they talked about it for years and his restaurant's still going still off the back of this kind of like, you know, sort of kind of sort of small celebrity party. But the reason why I say that is that I'm sitting there watching TV and next minute I'm seeing Attic beside this guy walking around his garden. It was his dad. <laughs> so my mate Attic's dad is the Asian <laughs> Captain Tom, and he ended up getting, I think, an MBE and all sorts, like you know what I'm saying. So, so there you go. So fair play to you, Attic. You've tucked right in, you know, and you've diversified the um, the, 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 the action and, and the charity angle. Cham, Cham talked about what's he saying? Was it Cham talked about the, the best? No, it's the Westbrook best player, Jed, Jed Wallace from Millwall. And I thought, actually, that was a good call, that, because the Wallace was actually a pain. He's a right pain in the arse, wasn't he, lady, if you remember, um, you know, sort of kind of playing against us. He was, uh, he was very good for the, for the, for the Millwall. But, um, yeah, I thought, that was a, I thought that was a good shout yourself. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't say he was the championship player of the year, but, yeah, you're right. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's one, of the, one of the bright stars in what was a you know, decent Millwall uh, team last year. Um, they went close to the playoffs as well. Um, they're struggling a bit more this year, but it's, it, they're again they're one of those teams that you know it's, it's all about spirit. And if, if the spirit lacks, you, you lose the, the manager or you change the manager, um, and you lose a couple of players and you get injury, then you, you struggle. Um, that's 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 why I'm I'm so glad we don't play that kind of more rudimental football because you're just reliant on you know you being at your your peak strength because your physicality is more important than your skill um, and then our skill we you can flip out a little bit easier if you've got a skillful squad easier said than done obviously but yeah you don't often get Jeb Wallace and Captain Tom in the same same category <laughs> for sure they're in the same area as well and also Lewis Hamilton um, is what Sham said as well which was his you know non-bees moment of the year as well you know equaling Schumacher's record as well which was well, tell you something um as a sportsman, you, you've got to tip your hat to him. You know, some people love him, some people hate him, but it doesn't really matter. You know, he is, I mean, it, it's quite remarkable what he has done. It is very difficult. Yes, I know there's loads of money thrown into Formula One, all that kind of stuff, but you still have to be bloody good. And it's very, very hard. And it's very, very, you know, you've got to be strong, mentally strong, you know, and just kind of just in that kind of whole way round. So fair play to him and to Lewis Hamilton. And it was a sort of kind of strange moment again in that whole kind of lockdown kind of, you know, coronavirus period uh, where you were looking at anything you know I mean you got to the stage where like I said you were, you were watching anything on TV because, because no one was going out <laughs> so people could be experts in stuff that they had no idea about whatsoever didn't they so uh, yeah so it was all good but listen we're talking about non-Brentford moments of 2020 I'm just wondering Lainey what was your favourite non-Brentford moment of 2020? I'm going to just make this very personal and uh, very um, indulgent, if you don't mind. I'm going to say when 
that lockdown kind of finished and the travel corridors were opened, I kind of fortunately preempted a little bit of that and I and I and I bought tickets, really cheap tickets to go to Greece. I absolutely adore Greece and um, for me to spend the first cold beer with my feet in the sand was was pretty special after being very good during lockdown one and also spending a lot of time with my mum and dad um as an adult sometimes you 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 kind of like you drift away a little bit sometimes um and then uh yeah just being there to kind of they went into lockdown early um dad's kind of shielding a bit and um you know, I went shopping for them twice a week and I kind of uh, was there and kind of spent some real quality time in brilliant weather in the garden, just sipping coffee and just chewing the fat and kind of uh, wondering what was going to happen with the world. So, yeah, so in, in, in lots of negativity, there was some very small positives and things that you, you take for granted sometimes. So, yeah, for me, it was spending time with my mum and dad and uh, being able to travel again. Um, I've got, I suffer terribly from wanderlust and, uh, you know, get, getting around and uh, seeing beautiful parts of the world is important to me. So, yeah, being able to do that again. I'm hearing that as well. I mean, I'm gutted last year because of the amount of flights that I had refunded last year. I'm absolutely gutted, you know, from Holland Tournament with me, the daughter's team all the way through to all my Europe, you know, Euros flights. You know, I had flights booked to Ireland, flights booked to Denmark. We were going to Denmark for a weekend or kind of, you know, with the fingers crossed that England might finish second in their group. So we had it all sorted. We had the Airbnb sorted. We had the flight sorted. We had the party sorted. We got Puns, who's one of our, you know, besotted crew who lives out there as well. He'd got all the parties sorted out. We were going to Italy. I'd booked Italy and that was all sorted as well. Booked to go to Iceland even as well. Jesus Christ. So talking about Wonderlust. So that was all really, really gutting. But on the flip side of it, what was uh, really, really good was the family time, as you say. And like sometimes you just go, 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 go. And I think there's positives out of negatives. I'm a glass half full person all the time and I look at it and I just think you know what can we get out of this and you know being sort of kind of you know forced not say forced into a situation where you spent much more time with your family you weren't looking at as you said getting up at seven o'clock in the morning to go up to Cardiff or going up to (laughs) Derby and all these other places because your life was different you were sort of kind of leaving your front room at sort of 2.55 to go into the garden for three o'clock for the kickoff like you know I'm saying when your TV's plugged into my follow like you know so it enabled you to spend a lot more family time which I thought was really has been really really good beneficial to us and I've really really enjoyed it spent a lot of time as well with my daughter because you know I talk about her quite a lot you know Bella who's really into the football she loves the bees loves playing football you know so just come I'm spending a lot of time developing that as well and uh, but a personal best as well because like I said to you one positive out of this has come out of the day that Brentford lost or lost but we were going to play Fulham and uh, it didn't happen and uh, I was really gutted sort of sitting at home you lot are in the pub but because I had the kids with me I couldn't even go out to the pub so I was just sitting at home no football no anything nothing on TV so I went on the internet and I saw this coaching course and I thought I'll tell you something might as well it doesn't look like it's going to be any football for a few months I might as well tuck in and I basically found a coaching course around the corner popped into the, the following day I said look you know I've just turned up can I do it they're like alright then so I ended up doing this FA coaching course and I've ended up six months later managing this team and it's been a load of fun and my <laughs> best moment was actually a few weeks ago we played the team which was the best team in the league and we beat them and knocked them out of the cup after playing them two times we couldn't get a win out of them so that was absolutely fantastic so just things like that I know it's still football related but you just I would never have dreamed 
nine months ago that I'd end up coaching a girls football team and uh, we'll be sort of kind of running around London sort of kind of playing matches so that's been I could say to you my personal kind of hot spot for the year but listen well, do- well, do- well done Bill thank you thank you it's not only me it's about the team and all the girls and just developing <laughs> them as well so it's been really it's been, honestly it's been such a laugh and I was talking to the coach for the team that we beat in the couple we're playing them again next week Four times in a row we're playing them. Four games in a row because of coronavirus and games being called off. So we keep coming back. Oh my God, I can't believe you're playing you again. So it is a little bit like, you know, I don't know. It's like sort of Leeds-Brentford. Well, sounds, <laughs> sounds, like sounds like it's the World Series. <laughs> it does, that's right. But this is the this is the decider, this one. So I'll let you know how we get on um, after, after the weekend. But anyway, we're going to go over to hear from a few more bees. We're going to go to Jason. And we're going to go to Club Shop Anne as well. And uh, they're going to give us their thoughts on 2020. My name's Jason Wells. And 2020 has been a strange and unpredictable year. A year full of pride and also heartache. And uh, I don't think it's one that any of us is really going to forget in a hurry. Uh, But the year also gives us uh, hope, uh, which I'm really clinging to in 2021. Uh, the best moments of 2020 has to be our last ever game at Griffin Park, the playoff semi-final against Swansea. A win guaranteeing us a playoff final at Wembley with uh, Watkins scoring the first goal and Brian uh, the second. Uh, the sheer emotion let out in the pub was incredible and something I will always remember. Uh, unfortunately, we couldn't be there in person, uh, but I'm sure the team must have heard our screams of joy that night. My worst uh, Brentford moment has to be leaving Griffin Park and resigning it to history. Uh, Without doubt, the worst moment in my Brentford journey, uh, standing outside with my cousin Pat and sharing the grief uh, and the loss of something so beautiful and uh, influential in our lives was quite overwhelming and added to the joy of uh, reaching the playoff final the same night. It was uh, a very strange and eerie feeling. Uh, a sad day, but something I will uh, always remember. Uh, my best goal of 2020 has to come uh, in December, and it's from Sergi Canos. Uh, first goal of his hat-trick, uh, that looping volley over Cardiff City's Smithies. Um But it's more what uh, Sergi had to overcome, a uh, serious leg injury, a drop in form, and the barrage of abuse uh, by some idiots that he got. Um, but it does show that uh, he's overcome all this and he's become a great player and a great Brentford player and um, I just wish him all the best for the next season. Uh, My best Brentford player has to be Rico Henry, such an important player on our team, a player that has given 100% every game and has uh, definitely has to be our best left-back ever. Uh, Other people have said it in uh, in the past... um, to wear that Brentford shirt and to be a great player like that is incredible and uh, he keeps improving every season. Um, my must-do-better player has to be uh, Saman Godis, a player that has a lot of potential. Uh, he's shown glimpses of what he can, he's, he's capable of and uh, I'll be interested to see what he can do and more next season. Uh, he has to adjust quickly to uh, the physical and um, fast Championship League. Um, 
but I think he has got uh, room for improvement there and I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, my championship player of 2020 for me has to be Calvin Phillips of Leeds, a uh, player that is very comfortable with the ball, a defensive midfielder who likes to tackle, uh, but he gives a, an energy and a strength to a side and has proven that with uh, Leeds promotion. Uh, he's also a very flexible player, um, good defensive roles and uh, he's a very big asset for Leeds. Um, my favourite non-Brentford moment has to be when the supporters were let back into the stadium. Uh, for me, it was only brief, but it gave me hope uh, that football lives on and uh, it's an incredible moment. Uh, my hopes for 2021 is that we finish off what we started. Promotion is the word on all our lips again and it's something that we will uh, definitely launch this club into to the next level. But I do have to say above everything that uh, defeating COVID virus is something that we must win and will be the best victory ever in our recent memory, I'm sure. Hiya, I'm Club Shop Anne and I was lucky enough to work for the club for over 12 years. Uh, I do various jobs around the club, but one of the most important ones that I do is running the club shop. Uh, and I got the chance to spend so much time with amazing supporters and making sure that I gave them all the amazing memorabilia that I could do. My best Brentford moment of 2020 is being in the Globe when we beat Swansea to get into the playoff final. The atmosphere was absolutely petrifying, <laughs> um, but also exciting. I just think it was just the singing, the cheering, the excitement, the thought that, oh my gosh, we're so close to being in the Premiership. It was like nothing we'd often seen before. Oh, it was incredible. And in walking down the Griffin Park, seeing the floodlights and seeing the ground for the last time, really was an incredible moment. Absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, last moment, I mean, most people are probably going to be saying Fulham, but, you know, that Fulham uh, final. But if I'm honest, losing to Stoke 1-0 away, um, we should have beaten Stoke. I think that was a turning point. I was watching that match and I sat and thought, you know what? Can't see us going up now. And once there's that little glimmer of hope that we may make it through the playoffs. For, for me personally, I feel we needed to beat Stoke uh, and then to lose to Barnsley, you know, and then not to have that last game at Griffin Park, not to see and not to be there. I really feel that if we'd been at Griffin Park against Barnsley, we would have gone up that, that night. I think we really would have because everything was in our favour. So, um, yeah, a couple of bits there, but yeah. yeah. Um, best beast goals of the season. Have to admit, I think that... Ben Rama's last goal for us against Fulham in the Cup. What a great bit of skill. I mean, it was just, you know, you could watch it on replay 20 times. How exciting. And, uh, I, yeah, I thought it was a fantastic goal. And that was his kind of, that was his kind of uh, advert to say, here, come and get me if anybody wants me. Um, player who could do better. I think, you know, if I'm honest, I wouldn't want to pinpoint anyone in particular personally. I just think that the players need to believe in themselves. I think they need to play their hearts out and I think they need to give 100%. I think all of them will probably say there's the moments in the season where they could have given so much more. But I think they know personally and I think they know how close we got to going up to the Premiership and I think they want it, you know, they're hungry for it this season and I think they're really pushed for it again. So I think they all need to just give 100% and play their hearts out. Um, championship, both for player of the season for 2020 and championship player for 2020, it's got to be the same person. Ollie Watkins at the start of the season, there was games where you thought, you didn't know what Ollie Watkins you were going to get. Some games he was absolutely amazing, some games he just didn't look like he turned up. 
Um, but towards the end of the season, you know, with BMW, he was on fire. He was that player that most teams in the championship were, you know, fighting for. And um, I think he looked, you know, I think he looked amazing. I think the fact that we actually went on to sell him for £33 million to Aston Villa and for him to actually then score that hat-trick against Liverpool, who were the champions, is incredible. Um, and I think that just shows you that it put Brentford on the map as well. Because I think when he went, when he kind of went to Villa, then people were looking and going, actually, you know what, that's the skill that Brentford's got and they deserve to be in the Premiership. So not only was it good for him, but it was good for us as well. Um... My kind of Brentford, non-Brentford moment of the year, I think really, I think, you know, 2020 will be that year that everyone thinks about with COVID. I think to go into the year and finish the year with the same friends and family that I went into it and everyone being healthy and fit. I mean, even if they have, you know, unfortunately been, you know, been um, impacted by COVID, it's been a positive thing that I've still got the same friends and family. Um, being in the globe and the atmosphere in the globe, everyone, you know, not being able to get into the ground, you know, after kind of after March, but being in the globe and being with some amazing people and the way that Callum and Paul really guess kind of made it such a safe environment for everyone to be in. Fantastic company with Bill and Bella, Jace, Pat, Darren, Jim, Soup, Sammy, everyone in there, fantastic. You know, real great atmosphere. Not just chatting about football, but just chatting about life in general. And, you know, just being there for everyone. And you know, it's it's been a good atmosphere. It's been good that. You know, the football families, we've all kept each other going despite everything that's been going on. And, you know, I think 2020 has been the, the year that's really put Brentford in the map the new stadium, where we've played, performances, um, and being so close, and, you know, the plays that have gone on. So I think, you know what, it's, it's been hard 2020, it's been good for Brentford, but let's see what 2021 can bring. I think we're going to be amazing. Come on, you bees! So that was Jason and that was Anne and those were their views on 2020 and it's interesting as well because Jason and Anne were part of our kind of new lockdown family even though we've known them for years as well it's one of those things where you move into a different environment and all of a sudden other people start sort of kind of hanging out in that environment with you and like I said we used to go down the globe and watch all the matches and Jason was there and Anne was there as well as a lot of other people and you end up as, uh, as as they've said as you know as Anne said there just kind of having different conversations you know there's with Darren and you know with Soups was down there and you know there's all sorts of characters that had turned up Jimmy Mack and you know it was a lot of a lot of fun but and also the other thing is as well where um, Jason's cousin Pat who, was, who became a big part of the besotted post-match podcast as well because she used to give her point of view and she just used to say it as it was and she used to always end up saying, I love Brentford, I don't care, I love Brentford, they're the best, Bill, I just love them. And every podcast, you were just waiting for the Pat moment when Pat used to say her thoughts on Brentford as well. And that's kind of, that is really actually etched in my mind on Lockdown Bees and that last season and this whole pandemic, you know, when, when this pandemic's gone, I will still have Pat's words from every um, game you know, afterwards just etched in my mind which is all good but I mean it was, it was nice to hear again especially like Anne's positive views of kind of an, uh, a Brentford and, and positivity wasn't it Laney? Yeah and you, you're right to kind of say you know we, we've got different routines you, you, we miss de- terribly the, the you know the familiar kind of groups the, 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 the routines that we went through on match days and pre-match and during the match and post-match um, but sometimes you know the good is that you you spent more time speaking to you know a different group in the pub 
and I've spent you know time with more familiar faces or more familiar, you know we've, we've been around them uh, and spent more more time with them but they've been in a different environment around you know around my house in the garden and now I'm watching it on my own or with my son um, it's it's you know the, this this next phase is going to be quite difficult so but just looking back at 2020 yeah the the other positive is i guess you know we've got different voices on on the, the post-match podcast and um yeah pat i think you we ought to do a best of at some stage just a, a 15 minute of how much she loves her bees she loves, she loves her bees and how much positivity yeah she does she loves them bill uh, that's right she, <laughs> she loves the bees definitely glass half full um, and she drinks from the same glass as me uh, again we're talking about sort of kind of like you know, metaphorically physically Metaphor- yeah metaphorically <laughs> we're talking because not in this coronavirus era we definitely that's not taking place but listen just coming back to this I mean you know and like I said to you positivity now because we are as I believe having a light at the end of the tunnel you know what are your hopes for 2021 Laney? My hopes really are that we can get promoted with uh, New Griffin Park full. Um, I'm not quite sure that I really want to witness promotion without being surrounded by thousands of Brentford fans. I'll take it, like like we would have taken it at Wembley last year. Um, I just think uh, I'm a bit more selfish isn't the right word but I I want it to be perfect I think and uh, it's going to be so imperfect if we spend any time in the top flight and we can't be there to enjoy it and savour it and you know hopefully it's not going to be a a West Brom or a a Sheffield experience where you lose every week well I don't want to see that Um, but you know in my lifetime I want to see us in the top flight but I I only want to see it if I'm surrounded by you know Brentford fans uh, and that's all all Brentford fans it's not just the ones I know or the ones I'm friendly with or the ones that like me it's just the ones it's all of us you know it's it's, it's, it's not the same without everyone there so you know I, I, I want promotion but I, I want it at the right time all the Beast fans that you've heard on here as well they've said the same thing they just want to get back to normal they want to ensure that their loved ones and their friends and family are safe and they come out of this okay which I think is a very important point because I know people who have suffered you know unfortunately people that have you know that haven't come out of this at all as well so for us we need to keep positive and we need to keep our fingers crossed that you know we've got light at the end of the tunnel we get back to normal and as we say we get back to new Griffin Park ideally before the end of the season for me also okay selfishly (laughs) I want to go to the Euros with my daughter I've got tickets all the way through to the final and I'd love there to go there with her you know she's excited about it I'm excited about it so I really hope that you know that that does take place I I do have a wedding clash on that day because one of my mates booked a wedding two years ago and it clashes with the Scotland game and in a strange way I'm hoping that I don't have to make a decision so maybe Boris might make a decision (laughs) for me on that day which might help me out but we'll see um other than that like I said to you I hope I have a good season with the girls team the team that my daughter's in as well I hope a good season with that because I'm really enjoying that but the big key one as well and it's like you Laney with the travelling I really hope that we all get sorted the vaccine gets sorted we start getting back to normality by the summer so I can get over to the USA to visit my mum who I've not seen for a couple of years now and she's been shielded in a, in a, in a care home over in the States as well and my family out there so that will be big fingers crossed that that will happen so anyway that was nice, wasn't it? I tell you something, I really enjoyed that. I really loved hearing from all the Beast fan, the Besotted crew, to give their views, all sorts of different assorted views on 2020 a year, which we, we want to park behind us. 
but I think sometimes you might actually look back on that because it is so unique and so weird and think, tell you something, I'm never going to forget that year. And that is the truth, isn't it, mate? Yep. You've hit the nail completely on the head. 2020 was a year we will never, ever forget. Let's be thankful, but let's never forget. And let's move on because we're in 2021 now. Big year for Brentford, big year for us all. We've all had a great Christmas. We've all had a really good New Year. I've enjoyed my New Year. I'm on the South Coast, loved it in the New Year. But now I'm back in the zone. Brentford are back on. And fingers crossed, this 2021 is going to be an absolutely fantastic year, both on and off the pitch for everyone. Happy New Year, all. Happy New Year. And enjoy yourself. Happy New Year. Come on, you bees. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable Look, just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.